Are you ready to become the wealthiest version of yourself, reach your full potential and live the life by your own design, no matter what challenges you are facing right now? Confused? Nervous? And want someone who has done it to guide you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to The Elma Lou Show. And now, here is your host, Elma, property investment mentor and mortgage strategist who is going to show you how to bring it to life. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of The Elm Liu Show. In today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the mistakes that new property investors make. And I've made some of the, those mistakes myself. So real quick before we start, um, this show is brought to, you, brought to you by my mortgage advisory business, Fantastic Finance. We help IT professionals build wealth through sensible and sustainable property investing. So if you have any mortgage or property related questions, please do reach out to me and I'm more than happy to help out. Okay, now let's dive right into the topic today. Talk, let's talk about some of the mistakes that um, new property investors or property investor wannabe uh, tend to make. First one is a lot of us don't know why we are investing, right? We we human beings, we have this herd uh, mentality, right? We tend to follow whatever, whatever else that everybody else is doing. So if we see somebody else um, investing in property and might have made some money, we tend to follow that, right? Otherwise, it's a sign of, I don't know, maybe it's a sign of um, uh, not being smart, you know, being stupid or, or not intelligent as if that uh, if somebody else could do it, why can't I do it, right? Um, so that's a very big mistake. People have this herd mentality. They don't have any plans specific to themselves, right? And I've had people telling me that uh, you should buy property for tax purposes and for that reason alone, right? Because you're back, back in the days when I was still in the IT um, IT industry when I was working as a full-time IT professional. I was making okay money. I was paying a lot of tax. So people were uh, asking me to buy property only to um, to uh, make tax, uh, to claim tax deductions, right? So that was a huge, huge mistake. And luckily, I didn't fall into that trap. I did my own research I, and I figured out that wasn't the best um, cause for action. So don't just follow everyone else, right? Don't do, don't invest in property because you see everyone else around you doing the same, right? Property investment could be stressful. It's like property investing is like everything else in life, everything that, that's worthwhile, worthwhile doing. They all bring a certain level of stress. Some people just can't deal with it. Right, they, they, they will, they will rather, they are rather having a peaceful and easy life, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, everybody's different. Not everybody has to invest in in shares in whatever you choose to invest in. But please do not start property investing only because you see other people doing the same, and you just you have this uh, fear of missing out. Right, you have this herd mentality because. People, other people are doing it. I have to do it. Otherwise, I'm I'm being, you know, left behind. Don't do that. Okay. And um, the second mistake some people make is that um, they chased they chased a number, 
instead of having a clear goal and see property investment as an enabling tool, right? Enabling them to achieve that goal, whatever it is in their in their in their life, whatever it is that they want to they want to build, uh, they want to achieve for themselves, for their loved ones, for their families, right? So oftentimes, um, people come to me and go. And I said, and I asked them, what, what's the, what's your goal? Why, why do you want to invest? Oh, I want to make X, X number of dollars. I want to, I want to make hundred thousand dollars or um, as much money as possible. And I'm like, how long is a piece of string? Right? How much money is as much as possible? As much as possible for what? As much as possible for you, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids, for your parents, for whom and for what, right? So without that clear vision, and oftentimes when I asked that question, people just went, oh, I don't know. I just thought I will make a lot of money from property investment. No, that is not right. That is oftentimes is not the, the, the right answer and, and, and it doesn't happen. I, I tell you, I've been investing for, um, uh, now it's 2020, I've been investing for, almost eight years, right? I don't think I've made a lot of money. Have I made money? Of course I have. Have I made enough money? Oh, I'm getting there, right? I think I'm, I'm fairly close, but I think I've made, um, I've made enough money. I'm on the way of making enough money for the things that I set out uh, for myself, the goals that I set for myself and my family eight years ago right? So don't just chase the numbers. Have a clear goal and sit down. Remember to sit down with your spouse, your partner, um, or your family members, or whoever is going to be affected by your investment journey. Sit down. Sit down with them. Talk through your goals, whatever is on your mind. Ask them, what do what would you like to have by by the end of this um, investment journey, you know, whether it's in five years, 10 years, 15 years, 12 years, uh, 20 years, however long that will be, right? It's property investment is not an overnight success. Nobody does it. Uh, maybe Donald Trump can do it, but for average people like you and me, I don't think that's even possible. So make sure you sit down with your, uh, whoever is going to be impacted by by um, by your in property investment decision or journey, right? Sit down together, work as a team, come up with a plan, come up with solid goals instead of just chasing the number and trying to make as much money as possible. So the next one is once people have, um, hopefully by this stage, you will have c come up with a solid plan and understood what your goals are and the next thing is before people start now they're pumped they're going i now i absolutely want to invest i'm sold i'm um i want to i want to i want to go ahead with it now they are they're sitting on their backside trying to pick the perfect timing there's just no perfect timing i know a lot of you guys might have heard of heard of this saying if you've been sort of um uh, talking to other people about property investment, you know, time, time, the 
time is more important, way more important than timing. So what that means is the time you spend in the market, how long, how much time you spend in the market is way more important than the timing, i.e. when you get into the market. Why do I say that? Well, first of all, you need to be in the game to play the game. Right, it, it, there's no point being a, a, spec, a spectator or commentator sitting on the sitting on the sideline and uh, comment, commenting, you know, what other people should or should not do. You know, we, we call this kind of people um, um, paper tiger. And there's a say, there's a saying in Chinese, you know, if you're a, um, uh, you, you're not a real tiger if you're just paper tiger, right? You, you're not really that. You're not doing anything. So. Um, you need to be in the game to play the game, right? If you're not, if you don't, if you're not even in the game and you're trying to pick the absolute bottom of the market, you you, you think that um, I need to pick the perfect timing to get into the market so I can so I can uh, grab a bargain. But how would you even know? Even if you're handed a golden golden opportunity now, right? Given what's going on around the world now, the coronavirus, the oil crisis, um, you know, the market seems to be going down. But how would you know when is the bottom of the market if you if you have never ever invested in your life before? You wouldn't know, would you? I still don't know when the when the bottom will come. So you need to be in the game to play it, right? And you can never be a hundred percent ready. You learn things as you go. And how do you learn? You have to be in it to learn it. Don't wait, don't sit around and wait for the perfect timing. I know we um again, human our humans, we as humans, we have this tendency to pick perfect timing for everything, you know, perfect timing, a perfect time for for for, for a meal, a perfect time for to exercise, perfect time to raise a family, perfect time to move, perfect time to to find a job. Whatever it is, you know, we are trying to optimize and try to find trying to find the perfect timing. It simply doesn't exist. I mean, maybe for other things in your life, there is a, a slightly more optimized timing for you know when you get up, when you go to bed, when you exercise. But when it comes to property investment, I firmly believe that there is no perfect timing. You just have to go ahead. Okay, be sensible. Be be responsible. Do your research, and then go ahead. Now, the next one is that um, once you've decided that I want to jump in now, or um, you know I'm not going to sit around and wait for, for wait for forever, then there is another mistake that people tend to make. That is, they don't spend the time doing their research. They literally just jump in. When I say don't sit around, I mean don't. Don't sit around and trying to pick the perfect timing, but still do your research, be prepared, and then go ahead, right? So, um, I'll, I'll sometimes I will have uh, uh, clients coming to me and asking, um, which property is the best property to buy? It's like asking the question, which car is the best when you don't even know what you need the car for, what 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 you're using the car for, right? Are you are you single? Um, are you married? Are you going to have kids? Are you a more uh, active person? Are you are you going to go hiking? Are you going to take the car off road? 
you know, do you prefer comfort? Do you prefer economy? Do you prefer um, a bit of a sporty, sporty feel? All those factors come into come into play when you pick a car, and the same thing applies to buying a property, right? So for me, I do um, uh, macro and micro um, research. So I, I I call them level one and level two research. Level one, you just study the area. You study the area, study the demographics of the area, the fundamentals of the area, the infrastructure of the area. You know uh, what is the housing strategy, housing plan for the for the local council. Um, so, for example, you pick a suburb in. I, I live in Melbourne, so you pick any suburb. Uh, let's say Elwood, right? One of the inner uh, inner east suburbs, right? So you study the demographics, you understand the local market. You need to you need to understand who lives in there, who lives in Elwood, right? Um, are they going to be uh, young families or professionals or students or elderly people? Whoever, whatever it is, you need to know who's in there. And then you, once you know the demographics, then you are, you come to understand what sort of product, i.e., property product, will suit them best. Okay, so you do you do that, and there are the resources that um, can help you with the uh, first level research, and then you do your second level research which is specific to the local market local property market then that's when you go around <clears throat> go around and um, um, go to auctions go to inspections and get a feel for the local market and and now and then you was you you come to know what's selling what's selling well what are the features that people are looking for in in the local area um, and other research other researches include, you know, the numbers, understanding the numbers, right? Do you understand what vacancy rate means? Do you know the growth, the historical growth rate for the area that you're looking at? Do you know the rental yield? Do you have your own cost model, right? All those things need to be, uh, you need to cover off those things before you go out and and, uh, and buy a property. So that was another mistake that people sometimes make, you know, not not doing enough research. Then on the flip side of doing enough research is doing too much research. I had that, um, I made that mistake before, um, back in back in 2012, uh, when I was in IT, I was, I was working a day job. Um, I, I was busy with the IT stuff during the day and then I would spend hours and hours and hours after hours during, during the night. Sometimes I was up till two or three o'clock uh, trying to do my research and I think a mistake that I made was that uh, I ended up doing too much research um, to the point where I thought this was just too much. I, I can't handle it. I might as well just um, hand it over to a, a professional a professional, professional buyer's, buyer's agent to do the research for me. Um, in hindsight, I did get a lot from the buyer's agent that I engaged and I learned a lot from him. Um, but um, I think I over over uh, analyzed the situation, and I was see I was making the mistake. I was trying to per- pick the perfect timing, and I was trying to pick the perfect property, um, and I was trying to make sure that uh, no stones are unturned. But the thing is, you simply don't know what you don't know. I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So you 
what I what I should have done was just to, you know, um, do enough research. Again, see, I don't know what's enough, so uh, I guess I should have just jumped right jumped jumped right into it um, once I've um, once I have had uh, my goals set, uh, my budget set. Um, that's that's enough to get started. So the next one is moving on. The next one is that um, some people confuse buying investment property with buying their home. They get emotional. The typical mistake that people make, you know, they get emotional when they go to negotiate. Um, they, they walk into the house, the property, and they get comfortable. They even they could even picture themselves living in that property. And then by that stage, all the numbers are out of the window, right? There is no subjective view towards the property as an investment opportunity. It's all about, I think this property is rather nice. You know, this property has just been renovated. Everything looks new. Um, uh, brands banking new appliances, new, uh, new paint, you know. Um, uh, the property has been rendered. It looks modern from outside. I, I could totally live in there. So they started, when they started, it was supposed to be an uh, investment opportunity, but then they ended up buying a home, right? And what tends to happen is you, when, you, uh, when, you're, when you're emotional and when you get comfortable, you lose all the negotiation power. There is no, you're not subjective anymore, right? The numbers might not stack up and you might regret your decision um, years down the track. So, so don't get emotional. Investment property is a business. It's a business transaction. Numbers have to stack up. And um, the property you're buying, the product you're making has to serve your long-term goal and it has to serve the needs of the people in the local market, right? The next one is that, um, the next mistake is that some people stretch their numbers too much, right? What I often suggest to my customer clients is, uh, especially if they're buying an investment property, it depends on the type of property they're getting themselves into. Um, I would generally um, advise having 20% deposit. The reason for that is, again, it's an investment property. Okay, so you need to have a bit of buffer to weather the short-term change fluctuations in the market conditions. So if the market goes down slightly over the next, you know, six to eight months, you know, um, due to some unforeseen reasons, for example, coronavirus or whatever, maybe other viruses that, that might be going on at a time or other crises happening in the world, that don't necessarily have anything to do with the fundamentals of the property, of the area that you've chosen. So if you don't have enough buffer, if you if you went uh, right up to 90%, you borrowed 90% or even even more in some cases, right? You overcapitalized, over-invested yourself, you lose sleep. You might end up, you might end up um, panic selling your property which you are supposed to hold for for seven for seven to eight years right to to really realize the um the potential return on the on the property 
So make sure you have buffer. Don't lose a uh, don't lose your sleep over your uh, investment property, um, and certainly don't get don't get divorced over that. Okay. And the next thing is the next mistake that some people um, some people make is they bargain too much. They bargain too hard. They have this belief in buying property under market value which is true which is fine it happens it happens i'm not saying it doesn't um but they are trying to what they're trying to do is that um uh, they're trying to find a huge bargain right so let's say if the if the median price for for, for a particular area is five hundred thousand dollars they want to find a property which is going for uh, which they can get for, um, let's say, three three hundred fifty or four hundred thousand dollars. In this day and age, depends on where you're looking at. Um, my experience tells me, and 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 from other people, that rarely, rarely happens, right? So I'm not saying it's impossible. You might be able to get an opportunity like that when, where you um you 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 buy a property for significant. Um, discount of the of the market price, but that might take you ages. So going back to the first first mistake, it might take you years to find that sort of opportunity, right? Or, um, and what even if you even if even if you find it eventually, right? You will have spent maybe a year or two years on it. Whereas I believe in finding a right property fundamentally sound property at a fair price at a fair price you don't overpay right when you negotiate you have a bit of room to move you know uh, you operate in good faith um, but get a get a good good property fundamentally sound property at a fair price a fair price with a bit of buffer then hold on to it that's my that has been my formula and that has um, that has worked well for me so don't bargain too much at the cost of not having any properties i had i i almost made that mistake when i was um when i was doing my um uh, multi unit uh, development project i was trying to look for a site i looked for a site and i the median price at the time was around three fifty, three hundred fifty thousand dollars for um, for sites that um, that are about seven hundred square meters in my in the area in the area that I was looking that I was looking at, and I was trying to get something like that for three hundred thousand dollars or even less, two hundred eighty thousand dollars. So in the process of doing that, I think I might have offended a lot of um, local real estate agents, and I certain, certainly lost a lot of opportunities because people, when the agents asked me what your budget was, I said, "Well, you know, I, I'm not going to pay anything more than 280. You know, um, I'm looking for a bargain." Oh, of course, I didn't tell them I was looking for a bargain, but they were just like, "You're dreaming. There's no way you'll get that." It took me a good six months to realize that wasn't uh, that wasn't feasible. Um, so I ended up buying a site for three hundred thirty-three, sorry, three hundred thirty, three hundred three hundred forty thousand dollars, which was at the time it was actually a fair price, but I still thought it was too much. 
you know, uh, in my in my mind, um, because I wanted to have a bargain. But in the end, um, I I'm glad that I I I paid that price, the fair price at the time, uh, to secure the site and went on and built multiple units. Uh, because now looking back, those units are uh, self-sustaining. They 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 live on their own feet. Um, they're a positive they're positive positive positively geared as well i don't have to worry too i don't have to worry too much about those properties those units whereas if i had i stuck with my belief in finding a bargain um i might have lost this opportunity and god knows how many whether i will still have those i will have those units now so on the on the other side of chasing a bargain is your opportunity cost. So next mistake that some people uh, make is that um, they tend to speculate rather than invest. So I call it short-term speculation instead of long-term investment. Okay. Um, I recommend reading Warren Buffett's book, you know, Value Investing. Sorry, it's not his book. Um, I forgot who the author is. About Warren Buffett, he learned value investing principle from from that book, and um, he's been practicing. He's been practice practicing value investing his whole career, and you see the result. And I believe in that. I believe in applying that same principle in property investment as well. Don't ever speculate, right? Um, I've had clients who bought a block of vacant land. Maybe two or three years ago, at the time, I uh, I advised him not to do so. Um, I didn't prescribe or mandate him not to do so, but I I kind of I helped him analyze the situation and and basically said um, I think you'll be better off buying an established property or even buying an, a um, a block of land that is already titled or ready to be titled, so you could you could get on could get on with it and you can do things right away rather than sitting around so it goes back to the principle number one or mistake number one uh, number one mistake that other the new people new uh, beginners make that is people sit around so when you buy a uh, a block of vacant land which is not titled um, which is not going to be titled in maybe two or three years it's the it's same as sitting around and doing nothing because you can't do anything with the land you can't sell it because it's not titled you can't you certainly can't build on it so what's the point of have buying a property which or, or site which you can't do anything with you're not getting rent for sure there's no house on it so don't speculate don't um, don't go out to the new estates and uh, and just do land banking on purpose, thinking that I might make some money in two years' time. You never know, right? For for that client of mine, it's a huge opportunity cost that he incurred because he he went ahead and bought that that land, which um, he to which he couldn't do anything for two years, for two and a half years, and he ended up. I helped him to get out of the contract after thirty calendar months because there's a clause in the contract saying that um, if you can't if the developer for whatever reason can't title the land 
within 30 months, then you can get out of the contract without any cost. So he ended up getting out of the contract without any cost, but opportunity cost was huge. Okay, so last one is, last one I want to touch on is that uh, once you've bought a property, you know, once you've jumped through all the hoops, um, the some mistakes some people make is that um, they they don't find a good property manager to manage the property um, or they are asking for too much rent. And he's like, I've bought this fantastic property. I'm not going to rent it out for um, for anything less than this amount. Otherwise, otherwise, as if that would hurt their feelings, right? So the way I look at it is that for my properties, I check the the average, the medium rental asking rent in the local area. And I always lower my asking rent by maybe $5 just to make sure that once, as soon as I put them on the market, they will be rented. I absolutely hate vacancies, right? Because you can do the math. Um, if you If you want to have the rent, the if you stick to your asking rent, which might be a little bit higher than the asking the average asking rent, you might end up getting some people, uh, getting a tenant paying that much, but the vacancy period could be a month or two months. So by then, all of those, all of those um, uh, benefits that come from having a higher rent will be wiped out by the vacancy period. You absolutely don't want to do that. And sometimes what happens is if your property is vacant for too long on the market, it kills the market. So there we go. Those are some of the mistakes that I see first-time property investors or property investor want to be make. I just wanted to share with you my experiences and how I dealt with some of those mistakes um, along my property investment journey. So you could get started with property investment and build some wealth for you and your loved ones. Again, this episode was brought to you by my mortgage advisory business, Fantastic Finance. If you have any mortgage or property investment related questions, please feel free to reach me on 0403 769 or email me at elmer at pantastic.com.au. It's P-E-N-T-A-S-T-I-C.com.au. All right, take care. We'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Elmer Lou Show. Join us next time when we will again be looking at ways to create the wealthiest, most successful, and best version of yourself. Head over to www.elmerlou.com for full archive of previous episodes. Until next time.